0: Hawaii up for June seventeenth, two thousand five. Aloha and Hosha Madid from Honolulu, Hawaii. This is Hawaii up, show number fourteen. My name's Ryan, and mahalo. Thanks for clicking on us, uh, downloading us, importing us, whatever it is you do to hear this little podcast from paradise. Hey, it's uh, Father's Day weekend, and I'm uh, definitely a devoted, if uh, uh, somewhat dippy daddy, so I'm happy. You know, Jen knows, my wife knows, there's only one thing I really want for Father's Day. You know, I want to go upstairs and lie down on the bed, and I want Jen to... I'll close the door and keep the kids away so I can have an uninterrupted nap. I love naps. i do just about anything for a nap, so that's what I'm looking forward to this weekend. Today on Hawaii Up, I've got a double dose of music for you, both solo artists who are really devoted to their craft, one from right here in Milovani and another who's kicking it up a notch out in Waipahu. Jen will join us to talk about what she's been taking in on the tube. I'll check out a local diner with an honest-to-goodness local food nerd. And I've got a couple of podcast notes to share. But first, hey, it's time for... Hawaii Up Headlines around Hawaii and around the house. There's a federal report out this week that the big island here in Hawaii has the 7th highest percentage of pot smokers, marijuana users, in the country. You know, we were behind other places. Uh, Boston and Boulder, Colorado were at the top of the list, you know, college towns. You know, so that figures. But, uh, you know, the Department of Health and Human Services says that while nationally about 5.1% of people used marijuana in the previous month, on the Big Island that figure is 9.2%. Here on Oahu it was 6.89%, still higher than the national average. Now you know Doug White over at the excellent local political blog Poynography.com, he uh, pointed the way to the actual report on the website And uh, some other interesting facts were there. He did also notice that this new report just out this week is actually based on data from five years ago, which is odd. I don't know why it took him so long to crunch the numbers. Now, earlier this month, you may recall the Supreme Court basically said that state medical marijuana laws do not trump federal drug laws. I just read today that in Oregon, they decided they're just going to go ahead and uh, keep doing what they're doing, issuing medical marijuana prescriptions. And in Hawaii, we also have uh, medical marijuana provisions, and I think we're pretty much going to end up with the status quo as well. Our state attorney general, Mark Bennett, he said that the state will not prosecute medical marijuana users. Now, interestingly, uh, U.S. attorney Ed Kubo here, the Fed guy, he's uh, he sent some mixed signals earlier. He was creating a bit of a stir after the supreme court ruling first came down he said that no oh, patients are probably be fine but doctors better be careful you know he clarified later that he was only interested in uh going after doctors that prescribe marijuana too liberally i guess for stuff that isn't a debilitating illness but still it had a bit of a chilling effect i think Now, the story reminds me of Whitney Houston, who, if you might recall, made headlines back in 2000 when uh, she and Bobby Brown were out here in Hawaii, uh, on the Big Island, in fact, and Whitney Houston had some weed in her purse and uh, she got snagged, but uh, she was able to jump on the plane and take off before the cops could figure out what to do. Now, I don't remember why they were on the Big Island in the first place, but, you know, the Big Island's got a reputation, or so I'm told, I don't know firsthand, uh, as producing uh, not only some of the biggest quantities of marijuana but also some of the best quality marijuana anywhere, uh, as I mentioned before though uh, that's that's really prompted the feds to pour millions of dollars into huge eradication efforts and uh some really aggressive prosecution ironically that's made uh, marijuana scarce or more scarce than it was and more expensive. And actually, a lot of folks, I bet, are going to uh, ice crystal methamphetamine because it's cheaper than pot. And, uh, you know, frankly, again, give me a pothead over an head any day. Unemployment in Hawaii is still low, the lowest in the country, actually, uh, according to the latest figures out of the state. Our unemployment rate dropped to 2.7% last month. That's compared to uh, 5.1% for the rest of the U.S., I think we've had the best unemployment figures for a while now, and of course the state is happy about it. Officials are talking about our vibrant economy. But you know, the figure is an overall average, and uh, we've still got pockets of unemployment. We've got 7% unemployment on Molokai, and given the way these numbers are figured, I'll bet that number is actually much, much higher over there. And... Well, I think statisticians obviously know a bazillion times more than I do about how all these numbers work, but I still think there are two big factors that kind of make things look better than they are here in Hawaii. First of all, you know, you've got the kinds of jobs that these people are holding. We have low unemployment, but everybody's working in hotels or stores or food service, uh, not so much technology or investing or creative arts and stuff like that. You know, a guy with a full-time job at McDonald's is a good thing, but not so much if uh, he's got an MBA, which I bet I bet some McDonald's workers have. And the other thing is that the number of people who hold down more than one job here you know sometimes two full-time jobs sometimes a whole bunch of part-time jobs all over the place there's a lot of working going on in other words but uh, it doesn't entirely translate to comfortable living and happiness for everybody it's been kind of a scary week to be in the water which is really a pity considering how beautiful the weather has been but uh, you know the beaches are calling calling out to everybody but there have been shark sightings and beach closings here and there. Yesterday on Maui, I guess a commercial fishing operation just dumped a bunch of dead fish into the water, and that was like a big, blazing, neon, all-you-can-eat buffet sign for sharks. So Honolua, Mokuleia, Kapalua had beaches shut down. Even more strangely, though, there's been stories circulating about mysterious creatures that are biting, I mean stinging, people just offshore. Uh, Really painful, you know, these things, whatever they are, they get you all over. Canoe paddlers, surfers, and swimmers, they've basically been chased out of the water to some extent. Uh, Some folks have had to go to the hospital, canoe races were cancelled, so they had scientists from everywhere, the state, UH, UH, just... Going to these places and collecting samples and stuff. I guess the leading theory is that they're these tiny, tiny jellyfish, small as the ball in the tip of a ballpoint pen, but they swarm and they sting, and you know, for tiny little things, they can really uh, shock you. Hydromedusa is the species. Uh, the scientists are saying they're actually nothing new, but that the concentrations, the populations of these jellyfish kind of wax and wane, and they're definitely in some kind of a baby boom now and i just hope they kind of stay where they are they're really localized kehi lagoon and other places because you know if they gum up all the other beaches and really mess with the tourists and the locals i mean that would suck on on many many levels let's see finally a bit of a national story hawaii's dear representative in the u.s house mr neil abercrombie is part of a pack of democrats and republicans who are now plainly calling on the president president bush to commit to a withdrawal timeline for our troops in iraq now this isn't entirely surprising i mean abercrombie is probably one of the the most hippiest hippies in congress he got there in the 70s and he hasn't changed ever since long hair and everything and uh, you know the war definitely hits close to home here on the islands with our many many military bases they're practically ghost towns with everyone deployed then you know things are pretty wobbly overall in iraq with with the continued flare-ups of deadly violence and you know here in the u.s. dropping poll numbers something like only 41 percent of americans a record low number support bush and his handling of the war and 60 percent actually want a partial or full withdrawal Uh, oh and of course there's the downing street memo Uh, i'm sure you've heard of it if you haven't you gotta look it up Uh, and that one document has actually kicked off i think a deluge of other secret documents being leaked and they basically you know really put down in writing how obvious it was that the administration wanted to take military action from the beginning and and not only that they kind of focus i mean the british could tell just by observing that we really didn't have a plan for what we would do after we got rid of saddam we just know we wanted him out of there so uh there was abercrombie you know with a bipartisan group saying that uh you know we should really think about a timetable to get out we can't be there indefinitely even the guy who did that whole you know no french fries now they're freedom fries you know he's changed his tune he's part of this group uh now, certainly saying that we're going to leave and, and when will uh, give the insurgents an easy alternate plan, you know, just wait until we're gone. But, you know, then again, a lot of them I don't think really would be there at all, and they certainly wouldn't continue to be able to recruit new insurgents if uh, we weren't there in the first place. So, there, you know, there's, there is a realistic and, I think, reasonable discussion to be had, about getting out of iraq they don't necessarily want us there and more and more of us here at home don't want us there either uh you know i know there are some folks who are even talking about impeaching bush you know that's a that's a great fantasy but i'm not getting my hopes up uh you know i mean this is this is just what 1700 dead soldiers and and uh 200 billion dollars it's not like it's not like george bush messed around with an intern and lied about it you know uh Anyway, uh, closer to home, let's see. Well, in this house specifically, well, the big news is that Zach, my son, after all, will be going into a special education program to help him with his speech development. You know, it's actually been a bit of a roller coaster. I've documented it on the show uh, for a while, especially for Jen, though. You know, first they were saying he might need special help, but hey, on the bright side, it's like free preschool or daycare, you know? Um, But then a couple of weeks ago, they were telling us that Zach really seemed okay so you know we're sorry no special school with the transportation to and from and you know but the good news is he's fine well monday they uh had the final evaluation and they took all of the scores and the reports from the different specialists who worked with him and i guess when they added it all up he still came in below the threshold that they wanted to see so he's going into special ed for a while after all you know, I I really don't think that Zach's that far behind. But you know, if he needs the help, I'm I'm really happy he can get the help. I'm glad that the resources are there. Uh, you know, I don't I don't think I really mentioned it before, but when when Zach was born, he had a birth defect, and to well, to make a long story short, they had to bring in a New surgeon and a plastic surgeon and go poking around in his head uh, when he was only four months old and you know it was it was probably the toughest thing that well the toughest thing i hope i'll have to have to uh, face but they fixed what they had to fix and you know immediately if you saw him today running around and screaming and defying us that uh, he's more than fine but they said that he might be behind in something so i guess that's what we're seeing and uh you know frankly if that's just it if, he, if he's just mumbling or babbling and not forming words perfectly i'm relieved that that's the extent of it uh you know and i i, I doubt he'll be in the program long because really week to week uh zach's really just making more and more sense what actually means well it actually means that we can tell when he's talking back to us or wising off i do want to tell this story though uh, poor jen so to get zach set up for school We have to get a physical and, of course, shots, immunizations, and paperwork. But it being summer, everyone's doing the same thing. So we found out that at our hospital, our clinic, they're booked for months in advance. I mean, they had something in August, but we need the paperwork next week. So, well, against all our better judgment, we decided to go with one of those... Uh, what do you call it uh, dock in a box you know uh, walk in doctor's offices where where you know they totally overcharge you but supposedly you have their convenience and you know they're always open or whatever so Jen calls one of the main companies uh, the medical corner here in Hawaii and they've got little clinics and strip malls and the like all over and she asks for an appointment oh we don't do appointments just walk in so you know she packs up the kids and drives from Mililani all the way into town and when she gets there they tell her Oh, the doctor just left. So, you know, she packs up the kids and drives all the way back home. Well, you know, we called around and she called around, and it turns out the doctor just went to another one of their locations. So, you know, I figured just bad timing, and Jen once again loads the kids back into the van and makes the drive again. And this location uh, by the airport, it's it's like deep in the bowels of some semi-secure airline building. Uh, You know, so after hunting all over the place, she she finally finds it, drags the kids in, and guess what, folks? Oh, the doctor went home for the day. Uh, Can you believe that? I mean... This is a business where the very basis of their business model is convenience and quick access to a medical professional. It says right on their website, themedicalcorner.com, and I tell you, I went there several times looking at maps and stuff. No appointment needed. Just walk right in. Physical shots, lab tests, you know, but they have, what, one doctor? I mean, literally, I think there's just one doctor on the website and, and and he bounces around, so you just have to catch him. you know it's all luck, and on top of that, I guess he calls it a day early because it's Friday or something. It's insane. Uh, but you know the upside is, I guess we learned our lesson, man. The fast food model of medical care is absolutely not for us, and you know Jen's just going to have to find some place at our clinic to squeeze in and, and, and it'll be a long wait, but after the day she just had, she doesn't mind at all okay hey let's get to the melee the music i'd like to introduce you to misty pang she describes herself as a workaholic alcoholic mustang driving chihuahua owning smoking grammar nasi in pahu, and i think she's a cop or something too Anyway, you know, she's got roots here in Hawaii that go way back. Her music even made the charts on Radio Free Hawaii. That was a most excellent, eclectic radio station. Uh, it was a disaster commercially, but I loved it. Um, and uh, she plays all the instruments, guitar, bass, drums, keyboards, and she's got a distinct, unforgettable voice for a local girl. So... This is Misty Pang with Scar That Never Heals Off her album The Emptiness Remains It's about 4 minutes long Enjoy and I'll catch you on the flip side was Misty Pang with Scar That Never Heals. That song was off her album The Emptiness Remains, which was recorded in Boston in 1998. Didn't I say she's got an unusual voice? Jen says she's uh, sort of Tracy Chapman-esque, but with a metal edge. Uh, You can catch up with Misty at MySpace at myspace.com slash mistypang, or on SoundClick at, uh, of course, soundclick.com slash mistypang. You know, if you go to her website, you can get two of her CDs, The Emptiness Remains and Streetlights. That'll be 25 songs total for only $7, shipping included. Misty Pang, check her out. And now it's time to check in with the wife. It's time for The Pith of Pop, the podcast edition with Jen. Thanks for joining us, Jen. Hi. So what's on the menu tonight?
1: Well, this has turned out to be the summer of Guilty Pleasure television, so I thought I'd talk about some of the things I'm currently addicted to on
0: All right, what have you been clogging our TiVo with?
1: Let's see, there's Hit Me Baby One More Time, Craft Corner Deathmatch, and Dancing with the Stars.
0: Okay, uh, Hit Me Baby One More Time, what's that all about?
1: Well, it's actually a show imported from Australia. Um, you take a bunch of has you know, a bunch of 80s pop stars, and you invite them to sing their biggest hit, and then later on the show, they come back and try to do a cover version of a current chart topper.
0: You say has Are these all one-hit wonders, or do they have any real stars?
1: Well, mostly one-hit wonders, but you get people like Sophie B. Hawkins, who was on last night, who had a couple of hits in the 90s. Um, Thelma Houston is going to be on next week. She had a, a couple of hits in the 70s. So no, not not all one-hit wonders. And actually, it turns out that the best performances of the cover versions are done when the artist tries to mix it up a little, tries to do something that's kind of outside their genre. Like last night, um, Cameo was on, you know, they're like like a funk soul band, and they did a cover of 1985 by Bowling for Soup And I thought it was great It was really one of the best performances I've seen on the show Unfortunately they didn't win And another example of that Is Arrested Development Doing a hip-hop version of Heaven By Los Lonely Boys
0: Yeah, last night's uh, episode Was the first one that I watched with you Sophie B. Hawkins did a cover of for fighting is 100 years a song which i know you're not fond of
1: no i hate that song
0: but uh she she still gave it a she kind of gave it more of a swing r&b sound than the than the whiny version that we all know
1: no i love what she did with it and i think you know i really like her style and i think she did a good job with it but you know my biggest complaint is that the studio audience tends to be made up of really young people you know younger than me that weren't around in the 80s that don't really get what it was about and like for a couple of weeks now the winners have just been kind of not my cup of tea like vanilla ice one like two weeks ago he didn't even do a cover version
0: so it's a it's a voting show sort of like american idol but it's the audience and there's no phone in or anything
1: no it's it's strictly audience
0: so what else you've been watching
1: dancing with the stars
0: Dancing with the Stars. Well, I know people in my office are watching it, at least.
1: It's great. It's a really great show. It's a bunch of um, like reality show people and B-list celebrities get to getting together with professional ballroom dancers. And every week, they go on, and they do a performance, and they're judged, and the viewers get to call in and vote. And one of them every week gets voted off.
0: Yeah, it's very much like uh, American Idol. You've even got the three judges. Do they have the same uh, you know, personalities, a mean one, an overly nice one, and a middle-of-the-road one?
1: Well, no, you get the female judge who's a little bit hard. You, get, you have a snotty European and um, I guess an Argentinian who's, who's kind of mellow but a, a little bit picky.
0: So they started with six couples, I think. We've lost a couple. Who's left?
1: Right. Evander Holyfield and Trista Sutter were voted off. We have John O'Hurley, who is Jay Peterman on Seinfeld, Kelly Monaco from General Hospital, Rachel Hunter, the model, and Joey McIntyre from New Kids on the Block.
0: Now, are all of them good dancers or are some better than others?
1: Well, you know, Evander has taken a couple of hits to the head in his day. So he was a little slow on the uptake more so than some of the others. But, you know, the rest of them are on now. It's it's anybody's, you know, it's really anybody's contest because they're all improving and they're all doing really well.
0: I think it's pretty cool to see the guy who plays Jay Peterman from Seinfeld dancing because he's got a very regal air about him. But part of you wonders if he's being his hammy self or he's really that elegant.
1: Oh, he's hamming it up. He's definitely ham- hamming it up. You can see he's really mugging quite hard. But it's you know it's really fun to watch him. He's he's improving a lot very fast.
0: And uh, what was the last one? Uh, Death corner something
1: craft corner death match Um, just imagine battle bots but instead of uh, robot geeks you get you know crafty girls
0: so what exactly do you have to do in a death match
1: they give you uh, materials and you have to um, make a certain thing like one week you had to make spoon wind chimes another week there was you know they gave them plain men's underwear which they had to embellish with ribbons and bows and make it into sexy girls underwear somebody did clay napkin rings that kind of thing they've got 10 minutes to make a craft and they're the three judges and they're judged and the winner faces the craft lady of steel who has never lost a match
0: the craft lady sort of like uh, the iron chef yeah so this is sort of like a junkyard wars for grandma or something how old, how old are these people
1: my age you know they're like young crafty girls you know knitting is very, a very hip thing right now So
0: knitting is hip
1: yeah it's very hip okay so you know, kind of young girls, a couple of guys, but mostly girls. But it's got kind of a, a very bizarre sense of humor. Um, it's it's not it's not really a straight competition show. It's got a lot of funny stuff and a lot of humor and voiceovers. It's it's produced by the creators of the Daily Show.
0: Ah, so it is uh, sort of tongue in cheek.
1: Right. It it is. It's a lot of fun. It's addictive. I've se- I think I've seen every episode.
0: So when, where and when are these shows?
1: Craft Corner Deathmatch is on the Style Network on Thursdays. Hit Me Baby One More Time is on NBC on Thursdays. And Dancing with the Stars is Wednesdays on ABC.
0: Okay, so that's what Jen's watching. I guess I'll take it over, you know, fear factor swallowing bugs sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, any day of the week.
0: And hopefully we'll go through your season pass on TiVo a little further in the future. Thanks for joining us, Jen. My pleasure. You know, it's been a while since I've been able to take you all to lunch. I think it was a dim sum place back in March was the last time. So I've got a treat for you. Earlier this week, I was able to meet up with Gail. She runs HawaiiDiner.com. It's a great site for restaurant reviews, special coupons, and, well, you know, overall top-notch stuff for people in Hawaii who like to eat. Which is, of course, Everybody. Uh, Anyway, I met her for lunch at a local diner, and she agreed to file a podcast segment with me. In addition to what we ate there, you'll even hear a bit of a tangent about gravy and tapioca. I am here at Nick's Cafe in Puna which is at uh, 1052 Ahua Street near the Surf Go Toyota Center. And I am blessed with the company of Gail from HawaiiDiner.com, Hawaii's premier foodie spot. And uh, we're going to see what Nick's Cafe has to offer. Gail, can you tell us what we have in front of us?
2: Sure. We haven't taken a bite, but it looks fantastic. Okay, we have the clubhouse sandwich, which is a triple-decker sandwich. And I see bacon, I see ham, I see tomato, lettuce, and we ordered the mac salad as well. And then on the other hand here, we have the Hawaiian chop steak. Now, I really love chopped steak because uh, all the veggies in it and the beef. And this one looks great. Uh, the vegetables look very crisp and bright. The celery looks wonderful. And we've got red peppers and carrots and onions. It looks really good. And then we, uh, Nick, the guy who owns the place, is Thai. But most of the food is American or local, uh, kind of uh, not traditional, just local style food. But he has a couple of Thai dishes on the menu, and one of them is his basil chicken stir fry. And we ordered that, and it looks like it's got zucchini in it, and bamboo shoots, and the chicken. And we asked for spicy, um, even though the the waitress looked really startled by that. But uh, we'll let you know how spicy it actually is. And we're still waiting on our uh, baked French onion soup. Was there anything else we ordered?
0: Not yet, but I'm sure there'll be more.
2: Yes, there will. Oh, and here it is. All right. yeah, wow, that oh looks God. great. Thank okay. You. Well, we'll be back and we'll tell you how it tastes. Thanks.
0: All right, well, we're now stuffed. I don't know how many plates we had in front of us eventually, six or so. And uh, this is Nick's Cafe. Now, I should start off by saying that the chop steak went back. And though it's not a, hopefully, a overall poor reflection on Nick's, that there was something wrong with the meat. So we were allowed to swap that out for... Pork chops. Pork chops uh, with, with gravy and mushrooms on it. But anyway, um, maybe we can to see if we can remember and go dish by dish and I'd like to know what Gail from Hawaii Diner had to say about what she had
2: well I'd like to start with the French onion soup and the two slices of garlic bread for $3.75, you are going to get a great deal. And I love French onion soup. It's like a thing for me. And the best I, had found, uh, I have found so far is at uh, the Bistro at Century Center, but that's $9 a bowl. Um, so it's not exactly in my budget often. <laughs> but at $3.75 for a decent bowl, and that's not as fancy as the one at the Bistro, but it's good. And I would highly recommend it to anyone who likes French onion soup. And with the two big pieces of garlic bread, it's almost like a meal in itself. Yeah, I couldn't finish that. Plus, you can also get it as a uh, A half half half. cup. Uh, You can get a half of a sandwich and and a cup of soup, and that's one of the choices. So that's a really good deal, I think. Um, and then next we had the clubhouse sandwich, which I thought was slightly dry—not quite enough mayo—but Ryan liked it that way, and it was tasty. I mean, there was nothing wrong with it. It's just a, it was a difference on how much mayo do you want in your sandwich. Right. And we got it with the mac salad. And Ryan doesn't like tiny little chopped up pieces of celery in his mac salad, but it was good. It was a good mac salad, and. Uh, Uh, if you don't have any, like, real finicky things going on. This had some carrots also, just carrots and, I think... I see a little bit of onion as well. It's, it's good. It's fine. And the basil chicken stir-fry that, that we ordered. That was a Thai dish. That was a Thai dish, and that we asked for spicy. And even though the waitress was startled, it did come out quite spicy, I have to say. Yeah, and I think
0: Nick uh, still has his touch.
2: I, yeah, he hasn't forgotten how to make Thai food. And it was good. I thought it was very good. And um, what say, How what
0: spicy that? would you say that was? Not, I mean, definitely not overwhelmingly spicy by any stretch of the imagination. I,
2: I would call it in my... It would be medium-mild. Hmm. Or Mild-medium. Yeah. yeah. And, but then I really like hot food, <laughs> so I'm not a good judge. Uh, most people would probably call it medium. I would call it slightly. Uh, but it was good. One thing I did notice, and I was wondering if you did too, is that the sauce that was on the unfortunate uh, chopstick, yes. and the sauce that was on... The stir fry. Very similar. And the sauce that was on the pork chop. Mm. I think he's got a vat of master brown sauce in the back. And he just like
0: puts it in everything.
2: Yeah, it did. I don't know. What do you think?
0: Well, I, d- I think the pork chop uh, gravy was was more was more of a standard brown gravy, but there was definitely similarities between the chopped steak sauce and the Thai chicken sauce. Except, I guess, for the spices that he had for the Thai chicken. Um, it doesn't doesn't taste like it's off the shelf. It's not like oyster sauce or whatever at a star market, but it's uh, it's definitely in the same family.
2: Well, and the thing is, we'd have to actually maybe order. Um, One of the other dishes, uh, teriyaki was another one that was recommended. And it wasn't as sweet as what I would imagine their teriyaki sauce would be. But I wonder if he's got like. it was teriyaki like. So i wonder if he has this master brown Asian sauce. And for the curry, he you know spices he, he spices it up. It up. Uh, for the teriyaki, he probably throws in some pineapple
0: juice. Right. And for the crab pork chop, he throws in a thickener in there.
2: Yeah. So I just uh, it's it's just something I'm thinking about. And uh, oh, and then at the very end, I also had the uh, vanilla tapioca pudding. Um, do not think it was made from scratch. Um, it's okay. I, I like tapioca pudding, so you can feed me pretty much anything and I'll
0: eat it. Now, where would you go for a great tapioca?
2: Oh, down to earth. Oh, really? Down to earth. Well, there's two that are really good. I like the down to earth, though, because it's made with whole milk and then a skim 2% garbage that you can't have good Pudding with out well. whole milk, right? You need the fat, and it's organic. Though that doesn't really matter to me. But the thing that makes it special is they use rose water, which gives it a classic Indian. Uh, dessert type taste That's really good The other one that's really good is at Phuket Thai Now I've only had it at the Phuket Thai in Mililani So it's really good So those are my two favorites I All, would say. Uh, Jen
0: loves tapioca so we'll, we'll try both of those
2: Yeah definitely give it a try And the great thing about the down to earth one Is it's in the uh, dairy case And you can pick it up and it comes in a plastic cup With a lid so you can pick it up and go You don't have to go in and sit down and order a whole meal to get it You can just grab it It's really good stuff
0: so overall, for a working lunch uh, here in the business and industrial district of Mapunabuna, how does Nick's Cafe rate Here, you?
2: I think it's pretty good. You know, I don't know that I would drive out of my way to eat here, um, except if I was craving the French onion soup. That might actually motivate me to get out here. But it's got to be way better than uh, Jack of the Box, for example. <laughs> um, I like Bob's Big Boy, so th- it, would, it would be a toss-up, I guess, depending on whether I wanted... Um, Say a burger, or if I wanted uh, a hot entree, as to which one I would choose. But the atmosphere here is nice. The booths are big enough and comfortable, and the place is pretty full. They've had it's been steady all uh, all day long since we've been here. <laughs> now that we've been here, oh, we've been here about an hour and a
0: half. <laughs> and that's right, and the stuff. Bob's Big Boy is right around the corner. So...
2: It, literally, right around the corner. We can try that in the future. That's right. We certainly can, because heaven knows there are not enough days in the year to eat at all the restaurants in Hawaii. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right well that's Gail from HawaiiDiner.com. I highly recommend you check it out um, she knows more about food than uh, than I'll ever I could have possibly even learn in a year <laughs> and um, I've bribed her with lunch and the hope will be that we'll hear from uh, Gail in the future in future shows and and eat our way through town absolutely thanks for joining us
2: happy to be here uh, and happy eating everyone Happy eating. Yeah.
0: So, that was fun, Uh, bad beef notwithstanding. As I said, I really hope that we'll be able to have a regular food feature here on Hawaii Up with Gail, or at the very least, I hope I can talk her into starting her own HawaiiDiner.com podcast. Boy, folks, where's the time go? We're out of time, so the second song I promised you will just have to wait until next week. That was going to be Emerson, Dexter Carolino, here in Mililani. I had some great news on him as well, but again, you'll have to tune in next week to hear it. Uh, But before I go, I did have some podcasting notes to rush through, so if you'll uh, humor me, first of all, I wanted to mention that local podcaster Todd Cochran's new book, Podcasting, the do-it-yourself guide is now out, so uh, you know I got my copy. You can get yours at uh, the local bookstore, at Amazon.com/podcasting. It is a—it's a great book. You know Todd's enthusiasm and sense of humor really come through, and I think you can literally follow it from uh, chapter one, and by the time you get to the end, you would actually have a great podcast online. Also, we've had some great folks join the podcasting Ohana out here in Hawaii. Keola Donaghy out at UH Hilo. He's a veteran geek and, uh, and a real guru in the world of Hawaiian music. He's launched a Hawaiian music and local music scene podcast at NaheNahe.net. He's only done one show, but already I want lots more. Uh, I want to tell you about a couple of guys doing a local news and events talk podcast at 808talk.com. That's uh, James Big Daddy Plumber and Vernon 808 Rider Brown at 808talk.com. Really great show, guys. And finally, Chris Demicio. He's, you know, really stirring things up with his completely irreverent and, you know, sometimes entertainingly incoherent podcast at, uh, well, since this is a family podcast here at Hawaii, I'll say you can find him, Chris Demicio, and his great show at FUKN.US. So uh, Keola, James, Vernon, and Chris, good to hear you guys out here. And uh, you can find the links to them and the rest of us island podcasters at hawaiipodcasting.com. Finally, if you are in town and interested in podcasting, Members of the Hawaii Association of Podcasters will be getting together on Monday, that's uh, June 20th, at Kaka'ako Waterfront Park for uh, informal lunch. You know, just a talk story and catch up with each other, so come on down, uh, bring a bento, and then let's hui. There are also a few other events coming up, uh, but you know, the details are still coming, and you can just uh, keep your eye on HawaiiPodcasting.com for the latest on those. Alright, we're all pow uh, I'd like to thank Akamai Brain Collective for the great theme music. And mahalo anui loa, thank you very much for listening, for hanging in there. If there's something you'd like to hear, a burning question you'd like to have answered, just drop me a line and email at comments at hawaiiup.com or leave a message on the listener line at 808 356 0127. Okay, folks, that's it. Please take care. Ma Lama Pono, and until next time, uh, hui ho.